Hey, it's Maddie here, and I'd like to say thanks to our show's sponsor, GoNative.co.nz. GoNative is an amazing New Zealand company that sells raw ingredients for you to make your own natural skin, hair, beauty products at home. You can buy the butters, essential oils, and all the ingredients direct from them at wholesale prices. All of their stock is ethically sourced and natural. Their packaging is even biodegradable. So basically, they're heroes. Get something for yourself or someone you love from gonative.co.nz. That's gonative.co.nz. <laughs> I guess before anything, we should introduce our guest. Yes, okay. Because I feel like you're always way better at this than me. I'm not. But <laughs> I'm um, like psychotically organized because of my crippling anxiety. So I make lists and I create documents. And this one is called Diane Levy. Um, Diane Levy is the best-selling author of Of Course I Love You, Now Go to Your Room. And They Look So Lovely When They're Asleep. And time out for tots teens and everyone in between so she is an experienced family therapist and a counselor and a speaker and we're really really excited to have her here with us today in tim's little studio yeah i i I like all the um the titles are all kind of funny in a way like you know they're like i have a little giggle when i hear them good yeah 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 yeah. they're supposed to be yeah totally exactly yeah 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 um so yeah tell us okay where should we start well firstly did we get all of that right oh yeah my my number one question yes you did get all of it right (laughs) can't think of anything you missed out how many books were there three three that i uh, yeah there are three that i've written in their entirety and there's a few others we won't mention that I've been parts of well maybe just for fun we should add and there was a tv program <gasps> and um it was a series called demons to darlings oh and oh my gosh I remember this I remember this really it wasn't it like a okay I'm gonna put myself out to possibly be embarrassed here but wasn't it sort of like a super nanny style thing where you were brought in to sort of counsel families absolutely it was it was exactly it was i'm sure the producers based it on super nanny and it was just that their parents appeared with children who were bothering them and uh, we sorted out their behavior wow oh my gosh can you tell us more about that so did they like you had to, did you have like a, what like a week with these kids and you had to kind of I wasn't living, it wasn't living in any super nanny sense. It was mm-hmm. It was modelled very much on how I do my work, except nobody films, which is a blessing. Um, but it was very much meet the parents, interview the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, in my day job, in my real work, I work with parents only. I basically work to help parents change their behaviour oh on the God. basis that if if a family is like a mobile, if you move one bit of a mobile, every other part of the mobile moves to a different spot Mm -hmm. so if I can get parents to change their behavior there's there's no doubt the children's behavior will change yeah so um wow I always imagined that the child would be present in like a counseling session and sort of sit there and have to listen but is it absolutely I guess you wouldn't need to necessarily right on the on the filming side the children were very present and very knowledgeable Mm. but in in my general work I don't see children at all if I if I see three children a year, it's a lot. I like to I like to keep the power base with the parents, oh. and so I like parents to sneak off, have some counselling, mm. and go home and do something differently and see what the outcome is. 
So, so the kids wouldn't even know so that their parents were in. So the child is not aware. Although occasionally we have some really clever children, certainly adolescents, who say, something's changed, who did you oh. see? <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Wow. Yes, occasionally. That's oh, so funny. I, I definitely wouldn't have, wow. have been one of those kids. Oh, no, I didn't, never really knew what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Very much every day was a new day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I used to see Diane's book in our in our cupboard and always see it almost as like a little bit of a threat. Like my mum was sort of doing some research on us to figure out really what was going on here and um, trying to get to the bottom of our problems. But I would I would um, be too scared to open it because I... It must be really scary yeah. seeing a book of a... a uh, sorry, seeing a book by the author in the city in which you live. You know, it's pretty harmless if they've got, you know, Dr. Spock or, or whatever exactly. else is the current one. Yeah. Oh, but and it's you knew a whole, Diane. Yes. Yeah, it's oh a whole God. other thing if you know them. <laughs> Amazing. So we usually start by kind of, should we start like, so what got you into, um, uh, what are you technically a child psychologist? Uh, technically a family therapist. Family therapist, yeah. Technically a family therapist. I, I chose that, well, at the end, I chose that branch branch of psychology because I really fancied this idea that uh, you have the whole family in your mind mm. when you're working with the component of the family you work with. I think it probably started because a very, very, very long time ago, I was at Auckland University and I couldn't make up my mind whether to do psychology and zoology, so I did both. So one of the benefits of having studied biology under Prof Morton was he, he was the first person in New Zealand who wrote extensively about the New Zealand seashore. And when you think of a seashore, you think of a whole ecology that everything is valid, like the interaction, the animals, the of interaction course, between yes. the animals, mm -hmm. the interaction between the animals and the temperature, the interactions with the plants, the interaction with the substrate, the rock pools that they're in or the sand that they're on and so on. And I think that that is one of the best trainings I could have had for thinking about how family works. How family works, how exactly. Work. It's exactly the same. Because they, they all work in a context. Amazing. Yeah, I, I guess it's... Yeah, so do you think it's like more the parents than... The, I mean, of course it is, right? Well, f first of all, there are children who have distinct problems. Yeah. But even then, you've still got to work out how to raise them and how to live with them. Mm -hmm. It's not more the parents, like it's the parents' fault. It's more, I would like to work with the people who have the most power to change, mm -hmm. the most willingness to change, mm -hmm. and and the I, I guess the intellectual capacity yeah, to exactly. think about how they might change so I, I, I like to work with the most powerful people in, in the I guess in the family right and so yeah I mean that makes sense exactly because I mean like mm, like you say I, not to say they aren't extremely powerful children I was that is exactly the thought <laughs> really? that crossed my mind Do especially but because when you look at families that we know Maddie and I'm not going to drop any names because mm. they will be listening to this but you know who you are you demon child <laughs> a, a lot of the kids who I grew up with would call their parents by their first names and they would yell at their parents down the stairs and sort of you know they they would sort of wear the pants in the family but it didn't actually seem to be a problem like often those families just got by fine having the kids sort of take the reins like they had parents who sort of just weren't really willing or equipped or didn't have a desire 
to sort of lead the family uh, as a disciplinarian. And I wonder, like, can that work? I mean, can any can anything work? Would that be like quite? A, would you say like the relaxed kind of hands off parent? Hands off parent? Is that like? Is that a thing? Look, I think parents and children come in all personality types and all experiential types. Mm-hmm. And the rea- the reality is, you can be the best parent. I'm now going to talk from a long experience as parents, being friends of lots of parents mm-hmm. rather than professionally. Mm-hmm. I think you can be the best parent in the world and it can all go horribly wrong. And I think you can be a fairly indifferent parent and a lot of things can go right. So oh. speaking in defense of parents, my theory is if the child turns out wonderfully, it's because I was such a wonderful parent. If they turn out not so crash hot at circumstances beyond my control. well totally it's like mm, how much of it it's like i mean i guess it's like that nature versus nurture thing i guess like Mm. how much is it you know like a kid who's born you know like and they're very they've got a lot of energy and it Mm. like might be quite difficult and it's like i guess it isn't really a reflection of appearance and like the kind of stigma around that is kind of I mean, yeah, it's not really that fair that, you mm. know, there might be a problem that had nothing to do with, with the child, but, like, the parents are almost always, bl- always, always blamed, right? Yes. Yeah, oh, you definitely, particularly blame the mother. Oh. Yeah. yeah, definitely blame the mother. I mean, my favourite bumper sticker reads, a mother's place is in the wrong. Oh. And <laughs> it is so what it is like. <laughs> yeah. So what it is like. Which is crazy. Mm. I mean, and do you ever work with, like, when, when you're working with families with parents, like, about, like, kind of shifting that and kind of being like, it's not all mum's fault. Mm. You know, oh, absolutely. Fault. One one of the things that I was very fortunate, um, my first family therapy training was at a place called the Leslie Centre. And we were absolute pioneers insisting that both parents came to the appointment. Oh. I mean, because up till that point, I, I mean, this is a long time what, ago. What, this would is, this, what, what decade would this have been? This is, oh, that's, the maths is too hard, but oh, that, oh. this is at least 35 to 40 years okay, ago. Wow. And very much, if there was the, the, psycho, the psychology point of view was what was wrong with the child or what was wrong with the mother. And and oh and it was quite revolutionary to ask, getting fairly close to demand, that the father came in too. <gasps> I find that so crazy. Mm-hmm. But that's so interesting. That's what I was talking about. I was like quite interested to see like how people would parent now would be so different to how people very would very different. We're we're in such a different world. Yeah. Yeah. And a, and and sort of fast changing. Yeah, totally. To, yes. I'm sure that's had a an interesting effect on the kind of problems or issues or questions that get brought in. Well, well, the simplest and the simplest change that we all understand is that 30 years ago, 40 years ago, mothers were certainly home. Most mothers were home for the preschool years, yeah. and often for the school years as well. Um, that has that has changed dramatically, and I think mothers' lives have become infinitely harder. Um, you know, I think I think as women, we all got sold a pup that we could do everything. Mm. Um, I think I think it was correct that we could do anything, but somehow or other that still morphed into we can do everything, and that's extremely hard doing everything. Yeah, very it, true. Yeah, it's very so true. funny. Like a lot of what you're saying, for some reason, my my brain is going to the question of obviously, you know, Maddie and I are on the other side of our twenties. We're mm. closer to thirty. 
And you can't help but start thinking about, you know, when do I want to have kids? And the biggest question for me is when will I be ready for kids? Because, I mean, with all the things that can happen and all the things that can go wrong, I just don't know. I guess my my question is how does somebody know when they're ready to be a parent? Because also in terms of what you're discussing with being told that we can do anything or everything, I've always said to myself in the back of my mind, like, I need to have achieved everything that I want to achieve in my career before I even think about getting kids because if I don't, what if I become resentful of my children or what if they become resentful of me for not putting them first, which is such like a heavy thing to bring up in what's supposed to be a a light chat. But I mean, I'm sure a lot of us are wondering about that and thinking about that and do guys like worry about the same thing or they they just sort of don't oh, really see it as their responsibility no they don't, no, they don't. No look what's gone on politically just now yes, about yes. a pregnant prime minister yes. mm, you know exactly. do we do we care if a prime minister a male prime minister's wife is having children no not at all right no, or no. how many there are at home no doesn't no. wouldn't even cross your mind no exactly they would think about Exactly, your wife's having. Oh, I believe your wife's pregnant. Are you planning to take three months off yeah. from Parliament? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just so. It is a very, very different world. Um, I, I don't know how to allay your fears, mm. but I can. Uh, one of the things that I've seen that impresses me enormously is women who've had rather spectacular careers, mm. have babies, and then out of motherhood, babyhood. They see opportunities, certainly business opportunities, that are now so relevant to their lives. Um, I think of one, and I won't be able to think of her name, so I apologize because I would be very happy to advertise for her. (laughs) But I don't remember what work she was in beforehand, but she had a baby with severe eczema, which is very unpleasant. Mm. And when you have a baby with eczema, you really don't want them to scratch themselves. which they will because it's natural to scratch yourself when it's itchy. And she invented these amazing little sort of sleeve things that went just over the one piece, over the baby's shoulder, down the arm, covered their hands. Like a straitjacket. Well, (laughs) with more movement, with more movement. Um, And uh, created a product that no one had created before. And that actually came out of a particular parenting situation. You know, I can think of another one who started off, you know, soccer for tots. Soccer? Yeah, well, you know, football. (laughs) You know, football, run round, have tantrum sort of thing. (laughs) But, you know, starting with toddler soccer and then, you know, little children's soccer and building up all those skills. Oh, gosh. So there are so many. So I don't, don't. Don't think you have to end a career. You no. have no idea where it will go. It's only the beginning. True. That's one thought. And then, of course, there's a lot of women who manage to manage career, con- continue an, an expanding career and children. And then there's some who absolutely enjoy and delight in being home and enjoying the child mm. and enjoying other mothers with children you know they used to say very derogatorily uh, about mothers who you know got together you know sort of like plunk plunket mums mm, mm. well as far as I was concerned when I got together with other mothers um, and yes of course we talked a lot about 
parenting. That was the job we were doing at the moment. So I just referred to those as business meetings. <laughs> and once you reframe them as a business meeting, it makes everything you're talking about valid. Why wouldn't you talk about the thing you most have in common, yes. mm. you're most struggling with, and you find the most interesting? Mm. Mm. What's the most kind of like common if there is one thing that somebody will come and talk to you about, mm. is there is there any like is there like fun right now? Yeah, the most common before? thing people talk to me about children of all ages um, is how to get children to do as they're told. Oh. That would be the most <laughs> common problem. Yeah. And is that on a day to day thing of like homework and brushing your teeth, or is that in a larger sense? No, in a very very well, it just happens. The the field. When I say the field that I'm in, it's sort of the field that life seems to have taken me in and the field I'm known for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it tends to be the, the brushing the teeth and doing the homework, not how can I get them to follow a decent career and pick the right oh. partner. What's the answer? How do you get a kid to do what they're told? Oh, well, that's why I run two-hour appointments, not one hour. <laughs> yeah, don't give, don't give any of your secrets away. <laughs> but no, 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 I'm very happy to give secrets away. But I, I just thought you, you may be entertained to know that uh, I work from home. Mm. And so very often it's my husband answering the phone. And so very uh, often he, he will just, he takes down the name and number so I can ring back. And sometimes he gets inspired and says, may I ask the age of the child? You're oh. And, and sometimes they say 47. <laughs> so um, so I am, I, am, I am enjoyably seeing older parents as well. Wait, But that's truly. not about do as told. Yeah, parents are allowed to be bothered about 47-year-olds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I guess it's not all about just teens and tweens. No, but I have to say that's the rarity. I'm, I'm in the delightful position that I... A lot of my colleagues sort of work at the very hard end of counselling, at the abuse end and mm-hmm. so on yeah. and so forth. I work at the delightful end. I work with, you know, children who are a bit naughty or or children who are having tantrums or teens who won't behave in a civilised manner mm-hmm. or, you know, and so on. And those are very, very real problems for parents. And uh, I think they should be taken. I don't think they're trivial. I think they're very, very real. I think it's a huge responsibility raising a child. I, yeah. I, I see it as a huge responsibility. Yeah. I mean, I'm really glad that I didn't think about it too hard before I had them. That's an interesting. <laughs> that's an interesting thing to say because I mean it, that is actually the answer in a lot of ways to what I was asking, which is yeah. how do you know when you're ready to be a parent? Like well, maybe the answer is just don't think too hard about it. Uh, look. <laughs> It's very hard for me to comment on that. Yeah. I lived in an era where um, you got married in your late teens or early 20s mm-hmm. and uh, you had a few years earning and then you had babies in your mid-20s. Yeah. You know, so nobody thought too hard. That was just what you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't think of any of us who were brave enough to think, I don't want to have children. I don't remember any of my contemporaries who took who who it even occurred to them that they shouldn't have children. Mm. So it wasn't a decision. Yeah. Also I have to say contraception wasn't quite as accurate as now. (laughs) So there were lots of surprises. I was reading about the other day, like I suddenly thought to myself, well what did what did people use for contraception? Like not even, you know, thirty years ago, but like two hundred years ago. And did somebody who was working as as a sex worker, well what did they use for contraception? And I looked it up and I was quite horrified by the results. 
Or tell. Do tell. I don't even know the answer to this. Well, one thing that I read is that, like, straight after the invention of rubber, m- men would keep a prophylactic, oh, mm. that word, in a special wooden box by their bed that they would reuse <gasps> and then just <laughs> put it back Maybe in the box. Maybe clean it, like rinse it. Maybe give yeah, it yeah. a rinse. Give it a rinse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of a rinse. Bit of a rinse, <laughs> bit of a rinse would be a kind idea. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I mean, mm. I wouldn't trust. Uh, I wouldn't trust any of the guys I know to really. Anyway, getting <laughs> <laughs> a little sidetracked, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I do understand that even up until like the seventies and eighties, the the mm. options that we have now weren't present. No, so. in fact, the, the biggest problem that many women face now is wanting to have babies and not able to. It's yes, it's the reverse problem now, and that's not nice either. That's horrible. Yeah, totally. Actually, yeah. like every like because I follow kind of like lots of like mums and stuff on Instagram and mm. things like that, and they all go through um, like is it fertility treatment? Mm. Yeah, like and even yeah, even because I guess because everybody's having kids like way later, and that's when it becomes yeah um, difficult. I mean, I was also thinking about the fact that a lot of men probably have changing attitudes towards it, like because of the sort of advances in fertility and the acceptability to um maybe get married a little bit later a lot of my friends want to have kids now and their boyfriends are like god we are ages off of that whereas i mean from what you were saying in your day it was sort of like once you're married let's start having some kids yeah Yeah. if you're really clever you got the mortgage first you know oh yeah you got the mortgage and then you started on the children wow yes wow mortgage <laughs> i'm so far off <laughs> i yeah, know that's yeah, all i can so, think so we're talking a different era but yeah. actually the raising of children um is still the raising of children yes yeah thanks again to our sponsor go native new zealand their website sells all the raw ingredients you need to make your own beauty products at home imagine you at home brewing soap that is such a better thing to brew than like meth We're really proud to be associated with Go Native. I love their products. I think their essential oils, moisturizers, body butters are absolutely beautiful. And I guess if I was sorry for anything, I'd be bringing up meth. Go Native. They have nothing to do with meth. Go to gonative.co.nz. Let's get on with the show. Don't do meth. I have a big question because, like, this is, like, the question. We we always talk about, like, bringing up kids and how we're brought up differently and things like Mm. that. And my parents were so relaxed. Like, they just pretty much, they just do whatever we want. And then I I always thought, so tell me if you would agree with us or you think this is, but my friends who had really strict parents, they ended up rebelling more. Do you think that there's like a there's a, there's a better is it better to be more relaxed or more strict or somewhere nice and nice in the middle or is it mm. more about communication and stuff like that? Oh, that's a huge question. <laughs> she warned I, you. I, she I, did yeah, warn you. You did. I quite like the definition. Actually, it comes from Ian Grant, and he talks about three sorts of parents. And this, by the way, may not apply to your parents because mm, mm. I think you're talking about a different category, which just as which is relaxed. But he talks about brick wall parents that these are parents, this is how you're going to do it, you're going to do it my way, that's it, shape up. Yeah. Then he talks about jellyfish parents, which is, you know, anything goes and um, and you do what you like, darling, and I'd have no power to stop you or to to channel how you're going to go or so on. And then he talks about in the middle there's something called backbone parents. And his concept of backbone parents is that, you know, if you think of a backbone, it provides structure, 
um, and it certainly holds everything together. We wouldn't be much, well, we'd be jellyfish without our backbones. Mm. But also there's flexibility. Yeah. And I think I think the model of strength and flexibility um, is a nice one, but I, I'd be hard put to argue with you. You look like you turned out beautifully. <laughs> so would be surprised. Yeah. Well, oh. you know best. You know. <laughs> I've only just met you both. <laughs> yeah, and then I, would, someone, would you say your parents are more strict? But I feel like me and someone are so similar. I but, think like, I would describe my parents as the backbone parents. It's, it's very much like a thing where also my mum spends a lot of time denying things that she did or said to us as kids. So it's like, I'll say... Oh, we all have to yes, do that. I think that's a thing, right? No, no, I yes. would never have said that. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, no, I didn't do that. And I go, mum, you did. did. Like you, de- you definitely did. She goes, no, I never, I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, okay, mum. Sure, yeah. sure. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier about sort of, you know, getting a 47-year-old um, child to, mm. you know, give advice on. Um, and recently... Maddie and I have moved back in with our parents after living overseas for a while mm. or flatting. Mm. By the way, I also have a daughter who's moved back. Okay, great. So, I'm, oh, I'm, fantastic. I'm, li- I'm living the life. You must Perfect. be loving it. It's been I, going great for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you I say do it, love it really it, by has the way. been going great. No, like, it actually has. I, I mean, yeah. I would love to hear about your experience of that, Diane, uh, from the parent perspective, because for me, like, I've never had, and I, I've always had a nice relationship with my parents, but it's never been as nice as it has since I've been home for the last six months and I feel like we are relating to each other on a level that is extremely just um, easy and come and go as you will Uh, even though my mum says that every time I leave the house she's ready to call the rabbi and and tell him that you know and hear that I've gone missing and I'm I'm, they have to plan the funeral you know (laughs) she says that every time she's she's expecting a knock on the door from the police but they let me do the things that as a teenager I was dying to be able to do like just go out and not get that text when are you coming home and it's just it's been really blissful and I'm really enjoying my relationship with them at the moment and I'm thinking about how our relationships change with our parents as we get older well you're first of all you're raised they don't have to do it they don't have to do any more raising Mm. okay they don't have to be do anymore and secondly you've demonstrated you're a competent adult you know, you can live overseas. I mean, the bits they don't know, we won't discuss. But you've demonstrated that you can live overseas. You can, you know, you can f- <laughs> you can find a place to sleep. You can earn a living, and so on and so forth. So yeah. their job is done. Yeah. Now they now they are freed up completely to enjoy you as a person. Wow! I wish every parent would get that chance you know I feel like that would be such a nice thing for a parent to finally be able to just enjoy their child as a person and not have to worry about corrective behavior well, in, defen- yeah. in defense of all parents yes even though they are grown adults and you can enjoy them you never stop worrying mm-hmm. mm. so that 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 concern and worry that concern and worry goes on and on and on there's no there's no question about that but that's part of being a parent if you if you can't do that don't have parents you know don't have children yeah um that is, I, yeah that is so true my mom is so worried about me all the time well <laughs> hang on but but also positively what perhaps worried and concerned and negatives mm. May, maybe it's that maybe the absolute delight of watching you grow and flourish and live an adult life you know, and one of the nice things is if you happen to be under their roof, you get more time mm. with them. That's exactly That's what That's what I'm enjoying yes. so much is enjoying the time with my daughter. It's so nice. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of toys, yes, we were talking about screen time. Is this a big yes. issue that's like, that people talk about now? Like, 
What, well, and what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, screen time's a part of life. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. unless uh, that, that's the first thing you. It's very hard to avoid. Yeah. Secondly, this would be one of the few things that my generation, and possibly even my adult children's generation, have had to get used to, where the children are more competent and more are more competent and more knowledgeable than their parents. And certainly than their grandparents. Oh, so true. So huge. Well, you know, yes. we, we talk about, are, are you are you already classified as natives, native speakers on electronics? Yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah I you're mean, already, definitely. You all had laptops at yeah. your school, definitely. Yes. Yeah. 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 See, Verna and I still struggle about the fact that cell phones no, no longer come with an instruction book. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, they don't. Whereas, so if I want to find it something, I, I hand it to a nine-year-old. Yeah. And they don't worry about instructions. They just fiddle till they get what they want. Yeah. And, you know, that is mind-blowing for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. It's so true. It doesn't. There is no. There is no instruction instruction manual that comes. No, that's a big thing. It doesn't anymore. You 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 use it till you work out how it works. Yeah, that's seriously. But that's the biggest cause of even even my toaster comes with instructions. You know. Yeah. Uh, Far less complicated. Absolutely. And you know, watching watching the grandchildren. Not now. They're a little bit older. Mm -hmm. But on on Skype when they were little. Um, you know, they have an attention span talking to a grandparent on the other side of the world yeah. in a different language of about sort of, you know, 15 nanoseconds or whatever. <laughs> but what was amazing was not, not not even, of course, the ability to watch them was wonderful, but when they'd had enough, they'd swipe the screen hoping to get a better picture because they knew that <laughs> oh. you swipe the screen to change. Just swipe grandma away. <laughs> yeah, so they just swipe the screen. Oh and God. I just thought, how clever is that? Yeah, it's you know? amazing. It is. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah, so first of all, it is a fact of life. Mm. Secondly, it is stopping them from doing some things like moving mm. yes. and climbing and all the other things. Mm. Um, but also there's heaps of learning in it as well mm. and great entertainment as well. Mm. I, was, I was out oh, ages ago and there were two mothers and two, they looked like about three-year-olds, in a coffee bar, and each of the three-year-olds had a screen. And it just happened it was Mission Bay, so it was just the beach was just over the road. And I was sitting there very disapprovingly thinking, in my day, we wouldn't have been in a cafe, we'd have been with sandwiches on the beach, and the Mm. children would have been running around so the mothers could chat. Mm. And I looked at these two mothers chattering away, and I looked at the children perfectly happy, and I thought... This looks a lot easier. Oh. <laughs> you know, there is nothing wrong with this picture that I can see. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a fact of life. The question is how to use it wisely and well. Mm. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, it's totally. so funny. Like, I think that kind of parenting also breeds a very different child. Like, uh, sometimes a more precocious child who's used to sitting around with the adults and having adult conversations and having their own fluffy while the parents have a cappuccino. Uh, I'll never forget being in New York on the on the subway and seeing a mother with her daughter who must have been about seven years old. And they looked like they'd just been at a birthday party. I think there was a balloon or a party bag in hand. Mm -hmm. And the daughter was chattering away and the mum said, oh, you've had too much sugar. And the daughter goes, well, you should have cut me off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the, The sad thing that I see is if you go into a cafe or restaurant, you often see families or friends with everybody on their phone. Mm. And that's that's a bit sad. I think it's quite nice to talk to each other yep. directly. Yeah, 
I'm like way more conscious of it. I felt like maybe a few, maybe like five years ago, it was like everybody was on their phone all the time. Mm. And then there was this big movement of like, it's so, you know, like, especially within my friends like I was like it's so rude and I I would get really annoyed by it when other people did it and so now I'm more conscious of it but it's such a bad thing it's terrible it's so easy to do it is but sometimes we're texting each other yes even at the table still communicating yes that's true too yeah now my parents are the worst like are we talking to my mum and she'll just be on her phone and I'm like excuse me (laughs) (laughs) well I was gonna say Diane when you were talking about um you know Oh, I just lost my train of thought. That's so exciting. Um, was it about grandparenting or was it I about... find that so funny. Is grandparenting completely different yeah. than parenting or do you fall back into the same habits? Yeah. It depends whether you're in, in sole charge or not. So oh, <laughs> when, when you're in sole charge, it's it's a little bit similar. But uh, yeah. I, I look, I... I think the delight of parenting is you don't have to ra- uh, grandparenting is you don't have to raise them. Yeah, you can enjoy their company. You can spoil them if you wish. You can yes. overindulge them if you wish, mm. um, or you can obey the parents' instructions and not not do that. Um, but I just think it's it's all the delight of watching these yes. beautiful little people develop, mm. and at the same time you don't have the responsibility. Yeah, just you, get to you can enjoy it so much more. Yeah. Yes, mm, mm. I, I've heard that. People always get very uncomfortable when I say this. I've heard that a lot of men who could be quite like strict or overbearing fathers, or maybe even just like not particularly involved or loving fathers, when they become grandparents, can be quite a different person. And a lot of mothers who like it's their father who was a sort of harsh parent becomes the most loving grandparent it can be frustrating for them because they're saying where was this man when I was a kid well this man was probably working 16 Mm -hmm. hours a day Mm -hmm. and then coming home to do the lawns (laughs) the veggie garden the bills and everything else Mm. so that's you know and and so therefore not only wasn't engaged as engaged but also wasn't around enough to know all the detail Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now he has more time. Yes. Also, maybe it has something to do with the fact that, you know, our bodies as we get older get flooded with estrogen. So we become a lot Softer. more soft. I'm yes. glad you said that because I I am interested in the fact that when I look around at my contemporaries, what I see is the fellas getting getting yes. you know softer and kinder and more sentimental yes, and cuddly and i see and the women yes. getting strong yes. and stroppy and uh, because we've I, always I, had that estrogen and we've had to learn to sort of manage it absolutely and i'm absolutely convinced that you know what's happening for i have no idea whether this, this is endocrinolo- endocrinologically correct mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i think what's happening with the women as the estrogen level drop their progesterone mm. is coming to the fore and they're getting strong and stroppy and also they're fed up with not being strong and stroppy and at the same yes. time the fellas whose progesterone is dropping i don't know whether estrogen becomes more dominant or they just oh, yeah. become different people I and it's, it's quite true. lovely I, it is lovely but it, it always freaks me out how much we are all a slave to our own hormones like what even is our personality if we were to all get our hormones in order and be a little bit more balanced who knows what kind of people well, we would who, be who knows what balanced means <sighs> Okay, that leads me to something that Maddie and I also talk about quite a lot, which is, you know, there's obviously more of a um, sort of open cultural conversation around um, anxiety and depression and just issues of mental health. And we just find that an interesting thing to talk about. But I wondered, like, how that's affected you in your work, especially, you know, 
how with with children it's a seriously good question okay because although i said to you most parents come to me about how to get kids to do as they're told mm. um the rise in the number of parents and the proportion of parents who come to talk to me about anxiety theirs or their children mm-hmm. or particularly their children the rise in anxiety in children is is like exponential mm-hmm. it is terrifying i think it's a very very difficult world to live in compared with the other world. I mean, look, I love living in a world with antibiotics and anaesthetics. I would not change those two for anything. Um, But, I mean, our school lives are so much more complicated. I'm sure I remember that if you could write a line of O's within the the two lines, (laughs) you had a pretty good day when I was five. (laughs) And nowadays, you know, at five, you've got to have opinions and counter arguments and Mm. projects. And, you know, life is very, very much more complex. Mm, And demanding. You know, same thing at primary school. I remember half an hour morning break and an hour's lunch break. And it was basically for running around, you know, running around the playground, Mm. um, which was, which hadn't been checked by Osh. Yes. (sighs) Yes, yes. My, like, uh, halfway through, so, like, the, the playground that was there at the beginning when I first started school, but, like, and then changed it halfway through. The beginning one was so dangerous. Oh. <laughs> yes. It was, like, three stories high, and there were just, like, no railings anywhere. You could just step off the edge into that bark. That yeah, they and people often did. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, I, I remember when I was at school, the favourite game was... Uh, you either called it Bull Rush or King mm-hmm. of Sini. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Okay. And as far as I was going, the whole school played. So oh. there would have been 200 children <laughs> on, a, on, a, on one court. And this game went on, you know, until everybody was out. But basically the game went on until there were too many broken arms. And then it was banned for <laughs> a number of months <laughs> until it started up again. Now, today oh. that would be negligent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah, it is. It's so it was. It was far more relaxed. Now that would never happen. No, right. that's like a risk of stampede. That's crazy. But it seems crazy. Then so why are kids feeling more anxious? Well, I was crazy. You know, ask like that too, it like, because yeah. it almost seems like from what you're saying, that you're not saying that we're understanding anxiety more. You might actually be saying that kids have a lot more to be anxious about. Well, I I imagine there's a bit of both. Okay. Mm. I imagine there's, you know, a generation ago, if a child was anxious, they'd have said, don't be ridiculous. Yes, yes. Yeah, or for heaven's sake. Yeah. For heaven's sake, you know, that is ridiculous. Just just go to school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. just go to piano. Just go to do this. Mm. So I think that we've become a lot more tender about it. Mm. But I also think that the world, the complexity of what's required of children is so much higher. I wonder if that sort of tenderness that you're talking about around those discussions is beneficial to the child because, I mean, okay, I want to just quickly give an example of something that's sort of, what's the word when it's related, but it's sort of next to it? Tangential. Perfect. It's a tangential (laughs) reference. So I had a great uncle who was 99 years old and um, his children had been told by the doctors that he had cancer and they chose not to tell him that he was sick and he lived for five years with cancer which they had said would kill him any day he lived and lived and lived 
And then I think somebody let it slip in front of him that he had like a very advanced stage of terminal cancer and he died within the week. And that's always stuck with me because I think it's an example of how when you're told that something is, you know, in quotation marks, wrong with you, you become so much more conscious about it that it can actually create a worse problem. And I wonder with kids... I I think it's both and. Yes. Both and. I think at, at one level... Yes, do we magnify stuff and therefore create a problem, but at the at the other end of that is ignoring a problem and minimising okay. it, and that's not good either. So as with all things, it's a balance. Okay. So you would probably advise a parent some sort of, like if, if a parent said that they had a child who was anxious, what what is something that you might say to them? The, fir- the first thing I'd be working with the parents about is how to actually support their feelings not not either dismiss them or blame them for being too anxious or criticize them with why can't you know why can't you just, mm. why can't you just be normal oh God. um you know well you know or or there's, there's blame and there's criticism. There's also explaining, over-rationalizing to them. I think the first thing, and, and also little mini lectures about, you know, if you're this anxious about that, think what it'll be like when you're grown up, or this is not a real problem, that's a real problem, and so on and so forth. Or just hopping into problem solving, which is don't think about it, or look, let's think about something pleasant, or mm. Let's, mm. Let's, let's do some meditative breathing together. I mean, all that makes me want to want to puke me too um, I what what the first place to start is to be empathic to the fact that it's awful for them to feel this way mm-hmm. so Ooh. the first the most important thing that any parent can do with an anxious child is talk to them in a way empathize them with a way that they go ah, uh. mum and dad get it mm. that's the most important thing is to feel understood once you feel understood then you can start to deal with the problems. But remember, you've got anxiety at at double levels often. You've often got parents, often both parents, Mm. who are working so hard that by the time they come home, they don't have the energy or the time or the resources to deal with childish anxiety. And that's when we stuff our kid with pills and hope it works out for the <laughs> Oh, I thought we stuffed them with chocolate. That'd be far more fun. Um, <laughs> chocolate pills. Chocolate solves I'll a compromise. lot. Yeah, chocolate solves a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bravery. Mm. I'm, I'm really into bravery with my cousins. <laughs> Bed means chocolate, <laughs> which doesn't really work. Mm. <laughs> so, so, yes, so I think one of the problems today is we're all going at such a fast pace that they're is less time to address children's feelings. Yeah. And I think that's a shame. Yes. Well yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Children, totally. by the way, of whatever age. So, you know, I think I think we should enjoy whichever era we're living in and do what we can, make changes where we can. And it's, uh, it's, it's the alcoholic prayer, isn't it? Now let me think, what is the alcoholic prayer? What's the alcoholic it's, prayer? Wait a minute, it's... Grant me to ability, the ability to accept the things I can't change, to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's and I think that in this era, all the things we're discussing, it's which ones do you want to keep, which ones do you want to discard, and the wisdom to know the difference. <laughs> wow, that's such an amazing place to finish. Perfect. I think. That's so, yeah, wow, amazing. 
<laughs> Incredible. That was so amazing. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Diane. It's been a pleasure and it's been it's been wonderful for me to, to be asked questions that I have to struggle and think to answer. Oh. <laughs> I, like, I like using my brain, so it's been great. Thanks again to our sponsor, Go Native New Zealand. Save money by making your own skin and hair products that are all ethically sourced. Go native.co.nz.